so much stuff on my desk here. I guess this isn't my desk. So, Father, we just humble ourselves now before you. We come with expectant hearts, hungry hearts, to receive your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher, to lead us and guide us into the truth of the word. And the anointing upon these people, I believe, is upon their eyes and ears to see the word as it's meant to be seen and hear the word as it's meant to be heard. We're not here to further any man's plans. We're here to further your plans. And I believe, Lord God, as these people hear the word, receive the word, and then do the word, they shall be blessed in what they do. We expect it, and we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, go with me in your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 1. If you have not been with us, I'll try to do a little bit of reviewing, but not much because i got a, some ground I need to cover up. I'm just trying to see what that box says back there. Um, anyway, I want here in Ephesians chapter 1, this is, again, the Holy Spirit-inspired prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. And again, I want you to get this. If we pray this prayer in faith, should we expect to get results every single time? We should, shouldn't we? And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray this prayer right now for you and me. And I'm going to pray it in, I'm going to pray it in faith. I, I'm praying it in faith. That's all it takes for me to I'm praying it in faith. The Bible says this, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified, beginning in verse 17. For I always pray to you, Father God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that you may grant my family, my church family, and me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into your mysteries and secrets, to a deep and intimate knowledge of you, by having the eyes of our hearts flooded with light so that we can know and understand the hope to which you have called us. How rich is your glorious inheritance in the saints, your set-apart ones. And so that we can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of your power in and for us who believe, as demonstrating in the working of your mighty strength which you exerted in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world and in... I lost my place. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. Amen. How many believe that prayer is going to get answered? How many want to have a greater revelation of this immeasurable, this unlimited, this far surpassing greatness of power that is in us and for us who believe? I keep going back to this, but I want you to catch this. You have Holy Ghost power in you. You've got resurrection power in you. There was no greater display ever in the history of man than when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. No greater display of power than that. And that very same resurrection power is now in you and me. And I don't want to get through this life and get up to heaven and Jesus look at me and say, why didn't you use that power that's in you to overcome those challenges that you faced? Are you hearing me? I want 
to take advantage of that which God has put in me. I've got an unlimited source of power in me. Selah. Stop and think about that. It cannot be measured. It's beyond measurement. There is no power like this. And again, when we catch this revelation, I'm convinced it's going to totally, radically change our lives forevermore and the lives of those around us. Amen. Glory to God. So, this immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of power that's in us and available for us who believe, why is that? Why do you think he put the power in us? <laughs> I am convinced that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to rise up. Needs to rise up and be who God has always created us to be. We are different. I know many of you are looking at me right now and say, yes, you are. That's okay. I don't mind it. Because, see, if a person was to come up to me, and this, I'll say it this way. If a person was come up to come up to so many Christians and ask them who they are, you know the first thing that's going to come out of their mouth is their name. You know, what they might do, the job they might have, something along those lines. But I have made it a decision in my life. If someone came up to me and said, who are you? The first thing that's going to come out of my mouth is I'm a Christian. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. These things are of him. That's who I am. And because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to be making a difference in this world today for Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't think God wants us to just barely, just barely make it into heaven. I, want, I think God wants us to explode into heaven. Having fulfilled our destiny, having reached every man, woman, teenager, and child, we're supposed to reach. All of you have destiny to fulfill. And in order to fulfill the destiny that God has for your life, the only way it can happen is through him, with his power. Are you listening? I don't want... Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. There is something that God is wanting to do in the earth today, the likes of which is going to be the greatest advertisement about who he is. And the reason this is supposed to be going on, the reason I believe it's starting to happen, and the reason I believe it's going to go intensify, get this, is because we can reach this lost world for Jesus Christ, bring in this end times harvest, and glory to God, then go to meet the Lord in the air, where we will be with him forevermore. I am of the mindset that we have allowed religiosity to curb the power of God in the earth today. I have had ministers say to me, we don't have to have displays of God's power. We don't have to have miracles any longer. You know what the reasoning is? Because we got the Bible. Well, that's great. I thank God for the Bible. I preach the Bible. But what does the Bible say about the Bible? It is living and, it is living and powerful. It's living and powerful. If I'm preaching the word the way the word of God is supposed to be preached, 
with the anointing of God upon my life, then glory to God. And if you receive that into your hearts, you're being empowered to do what you could not do in and of yourself. That's the way I want to live my life. I, I, I said this, the, uh, I believe it was last Sunday. See, when, when, when the, we as Christians hear the word impossible, we should get excited. We should get excited. That's impossible. There's no way that can happen. Oh, glory to God. You just wait and see what my God's going to do through me. Hallelujah. Well, we got this power in us. And it's in us for a reason. Why did Paul pray this? He stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, my prayer. Now, I'll say it like this. Yeah, I like the way I wrote it here. Just as the Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, my prayer is that my preaching not be with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We are called to have faith in the power I like to say this all the time now, and the Lord actually showed me something last night as I was preparing and studying. We're called to have faith in God. How many know that's true? We're called to have faith in His Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We're called to have faith in the name of Jesus. We're called to have faith in the blood of Jesus. But right there we can see we're also called to have faith in the power of God. Amen. You and me are supposed to have faith in the power. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you would think that would be the cry of every Christian. That all Christians everywhere would want to tap into that power and do mighty exploits for God in the earth today. But as we looked at last week, there will be some in the last days who will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And as I was saying, you know, why do you think we are not seeing the same kinds of miracles and signs and wonders that the early church had? Same church. I said, we're the same church. We got the same Holy Ghost living in us. We got God's power in us. Could it be that religion has tamped that down And now as a result of that, people think that if I just get up and preach a really nice message from the Bible, maybe share a few cute little stories, that's going to make a difference in the world. If that was the case, then why isn't it happening? Are you hearing me? Oh, thank you, Lord. I know where I'm going, so you guys get ready because we're going to have some shouting in here. At least I might be shouting. I do not want it said of us that we have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. I, wanna, I, I believe in the power of God. I'm just going to tell you right now, I believe in the power of God. I believe, in the po- I, I believe in the power of God. I believe that that power is unlimited. I believe that that power is immeasurable. I believe there's nothing greater than that power. I believe it's in me for a reason. I believe God is wanting to do things through me. I believe God is wanting me to make a difference in this world for him. I believe I'm supposed to be preaching the word with accompanying signs and wonders. That's what the Bible says. So why should I expect anything less in my life? 
why should you expect anything less in your life? It's not just for a select few. It's for all those who believe. Do you believe? <laughs> I've heard some people say this before. I just can't believe that, Pastor Dan. I just can't believe that. No, that's wrong. You're saying that wrong. You choose not to believe it. See, we always have a choice. You can choose to believe or you can choose not to believe. But it's, it's you can't believe it. It's, for example, uh, if I told you today that we have a pond, I live over uh, River Rock, we have a pond out there that I walked across the, the pond. You have a choice to make now, don't you? You can choose to believe it or you can choose not to believe it. Probably, I would say, probably every one of you would not believe it. But did Jesus walk on water? What if there was someone drowning in the middle of the pond? And I know I couldn't swim all that way. I probably could, but anyway, the point I'm trying to get across, what if God said, I want you to run across that water right now and go get that person from drowning? Now, you might be saying, oh, come on, Pastor Dan. That was Jesus. Of course Jesus could do it. He's the Son of God. Boy, I tell you what. What wrong thinking that is. Now, before you start throwing things at me, let me explain what I'm saying. Jesus is, always has been, and always will be the Son of God. But you need to understand that when Jesus came to this earth, the Bible tells us he laid aside his godly attributes. See it in Philippians chapter 2. That means he laid aside being omnipotent and omniscient. Is that not true? And I'm going to prove it to you from the Bible here in just a minute. So the point I'm trying to make is what Jesus did when he was here on the earth was to be our example, how to live on this earth, how to tap into that power that's now in us. He was our example to follow. Now, obviously, there's no way anyone could have ever done what he did as far as our redemption is concerned. He was the spotless lamb of God. Amen. But when it comes to everything else he did, as far as how living by faith is concerned, and you know what's so funny about that? For me to even say that bothers people, that Jesus lived by faith. But doesn't the Bible say that Jesus always pleased his father? Didn't the Bible say that? And doesn't the Bible say that without faith, it's impossible to please God? So in other words, if only way I can please him is by living by faith, that has to be true of Jesus. Are you listening? Glory to God. Glory to God. I need to stay on focus here because I want to get somewhere today. Nobody's here to make fun of me, at least I don't see. I usually say that I only get through about two pages, but anyway. Now, you don't have to turn there, but listen to this. This is Hebrews chapter 6. This power is also called the power of the age to come. I like that. It's not a natural power. It's a supernatural power. Glory to his name. Did Jesus walk in that kind of power when he walked on the earth? To heal, to deliver, to, to raise the dead and so forth? To walk in on the water? To calming the raging seas with just a word? Did you know, well, I don't need to get, Lord, let's try to stay focused here. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Should we be walking in that power? The power of the age to come? God's power has not diminished one bit. 
I know that's kind of a duh statement. But in reality, how many Christians, the way they look at it, they almost look at it from that perspective. God has put a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A damper on his power. He's no longer allowing his power to do what his power can do. Because, see, we got the Bible now. And again, I'm not coming against the Bible. What I am saying is the early church preached the word with accompanying signs and wonders. Paul preached the word, and he had accompanying signs and wonders. And, and, and I, I don't need to keep going back to what I shared earlier, but the apostle Paul was really bothered with what happened at Mars Hill. When he got into a big debate with these people about Christianity up against their religions and so forth. Because he got little to no results there. And he made that quality decision from now on. I don't want your, your faith to be in the, the words of a man. I want your faith to be in the power of God. I want you to, I want to demonstrate to you that I'm just not preaching something up here. I'm going to demonstrate to you that the power of God is backing it up. That power is there for a reason. It's to confirm and establish that word in the lives of the people. In other words, that what I'm preaching is true. You know, why do you think, I mean, you think about all the junk that's going on in the world today. And you see how so many in the world have just, I mean, you can't watch the news today without it bothering you. You can't go online and see what's happening. I mean, I have become a person where before I like to watch the news somewhat, I mean, I'm a skimmer right now. I just read headlines. And a lot of times the headlines are so horrific, I don't even go into the article. And it's crazy. But do you not think there should be news about what the church is doing to come against that. Miracles, signs and wonders. Again, what is a sign for? To point you towards something. Well, a sign and a wonder, as far as God is concerned, is to point them to him. People are supposed to look like, and then he's like, wow, I wonder what that was. And that's when we step in. That was my Jesus. That was my Jesus. That's his power on display. It's there for us to do mighty exploits for him. It's not about furthering me. It's about furthering him. It's about reaching this lost for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Ooh, do you see why God wants us to get a revelation of this power of the age to come? He wants all of us to get this. You should be praying that Ephesian prayer all the time. Constantly. Pray it for your family. Pray it, pray it for your church family. Pray it for your pastors. It works. I've seen it in my life. What God has shown me from the time I started in this church to now, it's crazy how much. I mean, he's taken me leaps and bounds further than I have ever been before. And I'm excited because I know I'm nowhere near where he's going to take me. And it's not just for me. It's for every one of you. God wants to take you higher than you've ever been before. Do you know that God cherishes spending time with you? That God wants to have intimacy with you? I like to say this, and it's the truth. So many people always struggle through life never knowing exactly what God 
God's plan and purposes for their lives. Does God really have a plan for my life? I don't know what it is. How do I find out what it is? You've got to have intimate time with God. Just like a husband and wife, when they have intimacy, a baby is soon born. When you spend time with God, you get impregnated with vision, with his plan and purpose. And as you stay with that, pretty soon it will give birth. How long did you have that in your heart before it came to pass? Probably years. Speaking it out. I'm talking about the bus. Speaking it out of her mouth. Standing and believing. I mean, when we came in here, we did not believe, we didn't know that that was going to take place. We just, we were in need of a church building. Our other one got sold out from under us. And we came into this place with the idea of this is going to be our church for now. But then God led her to begin to bring to pass that which he had spoken in her heart. What she had gotten in her heart from God. Are you hearing how I'm saying this? It came to pass as she spent time with him and he kept showing her the necessary steps for her to take. And as she stepped out in faith to do those steps, ta-da, there it is. And that's why I know without a shadow of a doubt what God has for this church, you wait and see. And I hope they're going to jump on the board, jump on the, uh, the bus. You know what I'm talking about. Say, oh, glory to God, I, I believe that. I'm expecting good things to happen in this church. Oh, my goodness. See, what has happened is where miracles are concerned and signs and wonders are concerned, so many people in the church believe that when Jesus walked the earth, he did what he did as the Son of God. He did, be, he did it as God, being omnipotent, omnipresent, although he wasn't. Obviously, he was walking the earth. He, he did it omnisciently, he know, knowing all things. Friends, I tell you what, if you just look at this from the, from the perspective of what does the Bible say, you're going to come to see that Jesus, although still the Son of God, laid down those godly attributes, and he had to be anointed. He had to be anointed. And we see that in the Bible. Why does the Bible tell us, look at this, Luke 3, 21 and 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. Baptized in water. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And notice, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. In other words, the Holy Ghost came down upon him and anointed him. And then over in Acts 10, 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Why would God need to be anointed? If he was operating as God, why did he need to be anointed? <laughs> He laid aside those things. He laid aside. He was the second Adam. Adam came as our representative. He was the first one, first person born, and, and, and well, came to life actually. And, and uh, he was the one that we were all in, so to speak. He fell, as we know, and gave up into the temptations, entered into sin, and then came the second Adam. 
Now, if he came as the second Adam but did everything as God, would that be fair? Do you not think the devil would take it up with God? That's not right. You can't do that. How are you representing mankind if you did what you did as God? But Jesus came to show us and demonstrate to us how we're supposed to do it, how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to tap into that power. And if you would simply start to look at it from that perspective, it starts to change you. It kind of starts to get you excited, kind of makes you want to go out into this dark world and say, watch out, here I come, child of the most high God, anointed by the same Holy Spirit that Jesus was. I have the same resurrection power in me. Oh, I tell you, it, 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 is, it is probably one of the most exciting things. Or pro- the, the most exciting thing we can ever do is lead someone to Jesus. There's nothing more exciting than that. I love praying with people to receive Jesus. Because really, we're, we're impacting their eternal destiny. They've gone from a state of death unto life. So there's nothing greater than that. But have you ever prayed for somebody with a softball-sized tumor in their body? It's called cancer, guys. And they go, we prayed for this person. They went back to the doctor, and it's gone. It's gone. I prayed for somebody who had a broken thumb and and, and had the cast on. And and I prayed for that person. They went back to the doctor on Monday to get x-rays. It was completely healed. Now, is that me doing it? No, that's the power of God in me doing it. It's not just for me, though. That's what I'm trying to get across to you guys. It's for all of us as Christians. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want you to notice Acts 10, 38 again. Notice it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Notice how it says here that it was Jesus of Nazareth who was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. If you were to study this out, You would find that in many different places in the New Testament, when it's talking about Jesus, when he's being discussed or he's doing the talking or whatever, he was called Jesus Christ. He was called Christ Jesus. He was called the Christ. But here in this instance, he's called Jesus of Nazareth. Every one of these times is, it's, uh, what's the word? It's it's talking about, um, it's emphasizing something different. It's emphasizing something different. When it talks about the Christ, Jesus Christ, that's not his last name. That word means the anointed one. With the anointing. But in this case, it says Jesus of Nazareth. In other words, I could say Sean of Bozeman. Same thing. It's talking about not his deity, but his humanity. And as such, he had to be anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power in order to go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil. Do you think that if it was, if he was operating in God, then why didn't he heal everybody he came in contact with? He didn't. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand how I'm saying this. Everybody that came to Jesus to be healed left healed. But there were places where Jesus went, and they, had, they did not believe in him. And there was little to no miracles that happened there, healings that took place in, there in that place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, thank you, Jesus. He operated as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. And think about this. 
Why is there no record of miracles or signs and wonders happening in the, the life of Jesus during his childhood, during his teen years, during when he was 20? Because he wasn't anointed with the Spirit yet. It wasn't until the age of 30 that he got anointed with the Holy Ghost. And it was after he was anointed with the Holy Ghost that his first miracle took place, turning water into wine. Are you listening? And from that point forward, that's when the miracles started to happen. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. So if Jesus was operating as God, would he have needed to be anointed? No. How many know that if Jesus had been operating as God, that means he would have still been omnipotent and omniscient? But you can see in many other places, I don't know, we're going to get to this very shortly, but the woman with the issue of blood, remember that story? We're going to get to that later on, not, not today, but we're going to get to that story in this study. But notice... Jesus stops in the crowd and said this, asked this question, who touched me? If he was omniscient, all-knowing, he would have known who touched him, wouldn't he? Do you see that? All right. Thank you, Lord. What is the anointing for? What is the anointing for? The anointing is God's power on us. It's the Spirit of God coming on us. And listen... That anointing is for doing good. How Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. The anointing is for doing good. The anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. And that, my friends, is good. Burdens are bad. Yokes are bad. The anointing is good. How many know that the, the burden of sickness and disease is bad? But the anointing of healing is good. How many know that... The, the, uh, uh, the burden of, of poverty and lack is bad, but the anointing to be blessed beyond measure is good. How many know that being bound, the, 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 the yoke of being bound is bad? But, oh, glory to God, the anointing to be set free, setting the captive free, that's good. I know from whence I, I speak right there. I know what it's like to be bound, and I know what it's like to be free. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. When I was bound, it was bad. When I'm now free, it good. Amen. Hallelujah. The anointing is for good. Thank you, Jesus. The, listen, the power of God can remove any burden, destroy any yoke. There's nothing greater than that on this earth. Thank you, Lord. And notice this. Think about this. Why did the devil tempt Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days? I mean, excuse me. When did the devil tempt Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days? Again, was it in his early days? Teen years? 20s? It wasn't until after he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. The devil sensed something. The devil saw something on Jesus. And so now you got to listen to this. Because I'm convinced that at that point in time, when I mean, he was led out into the wilderness by the Spirit... And the devil began to tempt him. See, the devil knew there's something. He's anointed. He's anointed. So what I got to do is I got to tempt him and get him to succumb to those temptations like I've been successful at all the way back to Adam. So I'm going to tempt him and show him who he could be and show him what he can do and all of these things. But how did Jesus respond? Jesus responded with, it is written. He used the sword of the Spirit. The devil wanted to get Jesus to enter into sin. 
That's what temptation is all about. Temp temptation is not sin. If that was the case, Jesus sinned. But Jesus was tempted in all ways as us, but without sin. I hope you're listening. Jesus, the devil knew that Jesus, anointed by the Spirit, if he was left alone and went out without anointing on his life, was going to destroy all those yokes and bondages and those burdens that he had put on the people. So he was trying to trip them up. He was trying to come against, uh, uh, see, what, when people enter into sin, what you've got to understand about sin is, yes, it's true. We can call upon the blood of Jesus. We can ask God to forgive us, and he always does. Always, always, always. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Amen. But something happens when you sin, and I don't know if you, I mean, probably everybody here can attest to this. It brings guilt and condemnation, doesn't it? And what does the guilt and condemnation do to you? It makes you so you can't feel confident about stepping out and tapping into that power that is in you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But Jesus didn't sin. Jesus did not succumb to the temptations. He showed us how to do it. He showed us how to overcome sin. When the temptations come, boy, I'm telling you right now, you better pull your sword of the Spirit out. In fact, you shouldn't have the sword of the Spirit up anyway. You should always have it in your hand to come against those temptations when they come against you. Speak the word. Speak the word. The devil doesn't like to get cut up with the sword of the Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But see, I'm going to tell you this too. If you've been someone who has succumbed to temptation in your life and entered into sin, I'm not looking at anybody. The devil is always going to keep coming with that same temptation until you prove to him otherwise that you got what it takes to overcome it. I'm going to give you a little word of encouragement. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. Did you hear that? When you're facing a temptation, it's already crossed. God's already seen that temptation. He's saying he can handle it. He can handle it. Go for it because he can handle it. He can overcome it. Amen. That was all for free today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Where am I at? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Jesus wasn't the only one to operate in the anointing. I said this earlier. He was our example to follow. He showed us how to flow with the Holy Spirit and how to operate in the power of God. He was the firstborn among many brethren. Now we are called Christians. What does that word even mean? That means we're a follower of Christ with the very same anointing upon us and in us. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 1, about the anointing. Now he who establishes with you, excuse me, establishes us with you in Christ, has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The Amplified says it this way, but it is God who confirms and makes us steadfast and establishes in joint fellowship with you in Christ and has consecrated and anointed us in doing us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, what you have to understand about the anointing is, number one, there's the anointing within. 
Every believer, the very moment you got born again, have that anointing in you. That anointing, you can see this in 1 John chapter 2, for time's sake, I'm not going to turn there. But that anointing is in there to teach you, to lead you. It's an unction to function in this life. Number two is the anointing upon. That anointing is for service. And it varies according to call, and it varies in measure. Sometimes it's stronger than it is other times. I like it when you sense it on, I mean, I, sometimes I get it on me so strong and I get so happy, so I can't even speak words. I just start shouting and start screaming and get happy and run around. And I know that some people think that might be the craziest thing to do. We're supposed to be in church. We're supposed to be prim and proper in church. We're not supposed to be shouting in church. Friends, I'll tell you what, when you get to heaven, you wait and see what it's going to be like. If you've got a problem with shouting in church, you're going to have a problem when you get to heaven. If, for no other, if there's no other shouting going on in heaven, I promise you I will be. You'll know when I get there, glory to God. Hallelujah. We have this anointing in us. We have this anointing upon us. And let me tell you what. One of the ways it gets stronger, the anointing is stronger. Can, can, can y'all just stick a few more minutes? Everybody good? If you, if you, you pinch your neighbor, make sure they're up. But anyway, don't do that. But anyway, um, if you want a stronger anointing in a service, first of all, you need to be praying for your pastor. Amen. That I may speak forth the, with boldness the, the, the holy scriptures. Amen. Believe for the anointing. I do this. I believe. For, I, you heard me a prayer at the beginning of this service. I don't just pray for me. I pray for you. Amen. But when something happens, when a group of people come together in the name of Jesus, to hear from Jesus, to experience the presence of God, when everybody comes together and they're hungry for that to happen? Oh, my, 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 my. I've been in services, guys. I've been in services where the Holy Ghost gets to moving, and it cannot have been something orchestrated by man. When all of a sudden waves of the Spirit are going through the service and whole groups of people at the very same time, I'm not talking one or two, I'm talking there were thousands in this church. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God fell in the whole place. I mean, I don't even know how else to express it because I wasn't thinking about getting up. I wasn't thinking about it. maybe it's time for me to get up. I, it was like something picked me up and the whole place is standing up around me, shouting, praising Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, I tell you, there's something happens when a church gets, when people in that church begin to be hungry for that. I want that. I always go back to Azusa Street. What happened at Azusa Street? I, I, I crave that. Why would God want that to happen way back at the beginning of the century, back in the early 1900s, but not today? See, I, I, I'm of the mindset, God is wanting to do even greater things today. And if they had different instances of people's, I mean, they had, oh, glory to God, arms growing out, legs growing out. They had all kinds of incredible miracles. They got so much of the glory in this house. This is the, in that church, in that place. The fire truck showed up because it looked like it was on fire. It was just the spirit of God on that place. Hey. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? I don't even know if that's the fire truck sound, but showing up because the glory is on this place. I, I tell you what, I want it. I want it. Go with me. 
to John 14. Now I want to close with this, just some scriptures here. But this is what really rocks my world here. The church knows, those that have been here for any length of time, know that my favorite scripture is John 14, 12. I want you to look at verse, starting in verse 11, though, today. Excuse me, verse 10. I hope you wore your shouting clothes. I know, if, I know for a lot of people, if you're not used to this, I'm sorry. This is just who we are. We get excited about Jesus. You might get excited about football. I do. You might get excited about riding horses. I don't. I'm, you might get excited about going fishing. You might get excited about certain movies and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and you might shout when you watch that kind of stuff and get excited about that kind of stuff. But see, I get excited about Jesus. I know what Jesus Christ has done for me. I know where he brought me. He brought me out of a lifestyle of drugs and alcohol. I was a sorry rascal. I got in fights. I got in a fight one time with a guy because I went up to him. He, said, he had long hair, and I said, your hair's too long. He said, what are you going to do about it? And I just reared back and punched him. That's how sorry I was. I'd get drunk all the time. I'd snort cocaine through the week. I wouldn't sleep for, for days. But Jesus. Woo! And so I get excited about Jesus. And if you have a problem with it, I'm sorry, then you haven't met my Jesus. Because when you meet my Jesus, it makes you excited. As I said earlier, I used to be bound, but I'm free. I used to be a druggie, but I'm not anymore. I'm a preacher. And I get excited about it. Should we not get excited about Jesus? You know what you're sensing right now? You're sensing the power of God in this place. Whoo, glory to God. Hallelujah. John 14.10 says this, do you not believe, this is Jesus speaking, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Notice how Jesus always gives all the glory to who? His Father. In fact, in Hebrews, excuse me, Hebrews, John 5, 30, Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. Did you hear that? Again, if he was God, how could he say something like that? That wouldn't be the case. No, my friends, Jesus was operating as a man anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Look at uh, verse 12. Oh, I love this scripture. Most assuredly. Why does he say that? What does he say most assuredly? It's another way of saying, I'm telling you the truth. Why would Jesus, who cannot lie, who never lied, say that? Because what he was preparing to say was so mind-boggling, the people needed to know that he was telling the truth. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Is Jesus talking about us? About Christians? Do you believe? I said, do you believe? Yes. Then you qualify. You qualify to do the works of Jesus. Selah, soak in that for a while. I'm supposed to be doing the works of Jesus. I expect to do the works of Jesus. What kind of works did Jesus do? He healed. He delivered. Cast out demons. Raised the dead. He, he in many times, many instances, he, he caused little amounts to become big amounts. Remember, as we saw in the, the comedy thing up there, the feeding of the thousands with just two fish and five loaves of bread? Amen. Thank you, Lord. I expected to do that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's right, Lord. I believe it. Hallelujah. Woo! 
I'm telling you, got to get this mindset. Jesus is talking here. You need to expect to do what he did. That's why when you read the Bible, you need to read it from that perspective. Jesus, I'm looking at how you did it so that I can step out and do it this very same way. I got the same power in me. The same power that raised you up from the dead is in me. I got the same anointing. I got the anointing. I got the anointing on me. I expect to do the works of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Look at verse 13 and 14. This is the thing that the Lord really showed me, and this just rocked my world. This is, Jesus is still speaking here, all right? And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, those next words, I will do it. Friends, this isn't talking about prayer here. This is talking about using the name of Jesus against our enemy in this daily life. Us, us coming against the enemy in the name of, oh my goodness. In, in fact, listen to this. I'm just going to read through this real quick. This is the example of this happening in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, this guy had been lame his whole life, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave him his attention, notice, expecting to receive something from them. He just didn't know what he was going to get. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. What, notice what I have, Peter, just a man like us. What I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. Wouldn't you be? Lame for your entire life. Glory to God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. They knew who he was. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder, sign and wonder, and amazement at what had happened to him. Did Peter and John pray? They didn't pray, did they? Glory to God, they simply... (laughs) Did they simply do what Jesus had instructed them to do in John uh, John 12, 13 and 14? Notice verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. In other words, when you have faith in the name of Jesus and you believe that that wonderful name represents Jesus in all ways, And glory to God, what's going to happen if you ask anything in my name? I will do it. Jesus cannot lie. See, when the devil comes against your family, you need to rise up 
in the name of Jesus. And when you do that, you've got Jesus telling you right here, I will do it. You're not doing it. Jesus is doing it. All you're doing is giving him the access to do it. Woo, thank you, Lord. All right, in conclusion, I know that. I just want to read this story to you guys. And if this doesn't get you excited, listen to this. It's found in this book, The Name of Jesus, by Kenneth E. Hagin. Uh, in his book, Ever Increasing Faith, Smith, Wiggler, Smith Wigglesworth tells about going to Wales to pray for a man called Lazarus. I thought that was pretty interesting. Lazarus had been a leader in the assembly, working in the uh, tin mines days, preaching nights until he broke down physically and collapsed. Tuber tubercul tubercul <laughs> That's a big word for a Texas boy to read. Tuberculosis set in. He lay bedfast and helpless for six years. Six years. God spoke to Wigglesworth and told him to go raise up Lazarus. When Smith walked into his room, Lazarus looked like a skeleton with skin stretched over it. I've seen people like that before. Hmm. My goodness, if I had known this, Lord, back then. Wigglesworth endeavored to get him to release his faith, to believe God. But this man was bitter. Others had prayed for him. He thought God should have healed him. After all, he had given his life to him, working days and preaching nights. Undaunted, Wigglesworth said to the people he was staying with, could we get seven people to pray with me for the poor man's deliverance? So seven people plus Wigglesworth went into the room where Lazarus lay on the verge of death. The eight believers circled the bed, holding hands. One brother took one of Lazarus' hands. Wigglesworth took the other hand to include him in the circle. Then Wigglesworth said, now notice this, Wigglesworth said this, we're not going to pray. We are just going to use the name of Jesus. They all knelt and whispered that one word, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The power of God fell and then it lifted. Five times it fell and lifted as the little group spoke that magnificent name. The man in the bed was unmoved. The sixth time the power of God came down on that man, it remained. Wigglesworth said, the power of God is here. It is yours to accept. The man's lips began to move. He made a confession. He said, I have been bitter in my heart, and I know I have grieved the Spirit of God. I am helpless. I cannot lift my hands, nor even lift a spoon to my, my mouth. Wigglesworth said, repent, and God will hear you. He repented and cried out, Oh God, let this be to thy glory. When he said that, the power of God went through him. Wigglesworth said, as we again said, Jesus, 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 the bed shook and the man shook. <laughs> he said to the people, you can all go downstairs right now. I'm going to stay here with him and I'm going to let him get himself prepared this man who had not gotten out of that bed for six years was, a, I mean, just barely had just skin on his body. He was that decimated by this sickness. All they did was speak the name of Jesus. Glory to God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And all of a sudden, this man, he repents. The power of God comes on him. He gets up out of that bed. He gets himself dressed, and he walks down those stairs, stairs 100% healed. See, you can learn a lot of things right there in that story. A lot of people can't receive from God because they have bitterness in their hearts. 
or unforgiveness in their hearts. Are you hearing me? Have you ever wondered why some things don't happen to some people or even for yourself? Could it be that you got unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody? You need to quit blocking the flow between you and God. That's what unforgiveness does. But friends, when you repent, and all you do is speak that name, Jesus said, I will do it. Oh, I, that just rocks me, man. I mean, that's so powerful. When you pray for people, God has told us in his word, he's given us the authority to use his name. There's nothing we will ever face greater than that. But we've got to be bold and step out and use that name and know that when we do so, that when we do it in faith, it taps into that power inside of you. And glory to God, things are going to change and change for the good. Miracles, signs and wonders. Do you see what this could do for this world? That our, our, our preaching isn't with just mere words. It's a company with signs and wonders. Amen. I, listen, I'm convinced of this. We're living in a day and age where the return of Christ is so soon. It's closer than we've ever been, obviously. So the point I'm trying to get across is God is wanting to do a quick work in the earth today. And in order to do a quick work in the earth today, things are going to have to change from the way that we've been doing things here in this country and throughout the world. And I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't just stand up here and think that just preaching is enough. We not need to be believing expecting, accompanying signs and wonders. I got Holy Ghost power in me. I got resurrection power in me. It's in every one of you in this room if you are a Christian. Stop. Think about that. You got God's power in you. It is the power of Almighty God. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, nothing you will ever face is greater than that. Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm about to, oh, glory to God. I, I, I would run, but there's nowhere to run. I would, like I like to say, I'd like to do a backflip right now, but we'd be calling an ambulance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I hope you're starting to see what God has us on this for. And I, I'm convinced this, interest, this, this type of thing, this type of message, this kind, the way God's directing his church is this way. Because I'm convinced we're, we're going to start seeing greater miracles than ever before. And listen... Oh, we'll hear about the, 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 the news of the darkness. We'll hear about people getting punched on the streets for no reason. We'll see little old ladies be jumped and their, her stuff taken from her. But then they're going to start to hear about Christians rising up to do mighty exploits for God. And the news will have to start broadcasting it. When you start to see the things that are going to be happening, and can I just... Saying, I'm not going to go off into a story. <laughs> Riley kind of gave me that look. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We, we worship you in here. 
lift your name high in here. We honor you in this place. Hallelujah. We believe in this, Lord. You said in your word, this is our prayer. Just like you told us to pray. That we would come to know and understand this immeasurable, this unlimited, this far surpassing power that is now in us. Glory to God, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah, it's in us. And Father, by faith, we tap into that power. Glory to God, we expect to see the blind eyes open. We expect to see the deaf ears hearing. We expect to see the lame walking. We expect to see the dead raised. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, you said, he who believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do. Oh, so I expect to do your works, Jesus. You said it. That settles it. I choose to believe it. I'm not holding back, Lord. You know where I'm at. You know what I believe. So, Lord, I'm just expecting to see those accompanying signs and, and wonders here. Whew, hallelujah. Hallelujah. With your eyes closed, nobody looking around, just real quickly. Anybody in this place who say, Pastor Dan, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Pastor Dan, I, I don't know, even know if I'm born again. I don't even know if I died right now, I'd go to be with Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, the greatest choice, the greatest decision a person can ever make is receiving Jesus Christ into your heart to save you from your sins. Hallelujah. If I'm speaking to you, no one looking around, just quickly. If I'm speaking to you, and you would like to know for certain that when you left the earth, you're going to be with him, I just want you to slide a hand up real quick, and I'm going to pray with you. Greatest decision I ever made in my life. Where you would say, Pastor Dan, I'm a Christian. I received Jesus into my heart, but I have not been living for him the way I need to be living for him. And I want to get right with God. I want to come back to the Father's house. I'm speaking to you on that occasion. Slide your hand up. We're going to pray with you. Anybody in here would say that's you. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. Nobody's looking around but me. Anybody else would say that's me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Anyone else say that's me? Got to get right with God. Anyone else? Okay, let's look up at me real quick. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And then we're going to do what God wants us to do here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody just lift a hand up to heaven. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I belong to you. Father God, I ask you to forgive me now for living my own way, for doing my own thing. I'm coming back to the Father's house. I ask for mercy. I will receive the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. And Lord God, I believe right now, as I'm before the throne of grace, not only have I been, uh, uh, not only have I received mercy, but I've received grace. The grace I need to live free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, I want to, I'm just going to throw this out to you. I know it's, we've stayed a little bit long, and I don't want to keep us long. But I just sense in my heart there's, a, there's an anointing here. And if there's somebody in here who has been dealing with sickness, disease, something that you might have dealt with for years, doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what it is. God doesn't care what it is. And you want people to pray with you. You want me to pray with you right now. I want you to come up here right now. Be bold about it because you're going to get healed. Whatever it is, whatever it might be, Expect to receive it in the name of Jesus. Even if it's just one person, glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you're going to get it. You got it. 
Spirit of God's on you right now. Just let him go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands up and say, Jesus, I believe it. I believe it. I receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're healed. Yes, healed. Yes, healed. In Jesus' name. Jesus said, I will do it. It's done. Jesus' name. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me. Is there anything that you need to do? Any kind of forgiveness? Anything like that is concerned? I want this to work. But I, the Spirit of God is wanting me to tell you that. And I just want you to just say, I'm not asking you to give me names. But I want you to say right now, I forgive you. And I forgive that person. Go ahead. Hallelujah. It's that simple. Do you? Did you really believe that? So right now, I want you to receive what you came for. Whatever it is, lift your hands to receive it. Right now, in Jesus' name, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I declare healing. Healing in your body. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, in the name of Jesus. I'm asking right now, Lord, to come against whatever it is the melody came up here for in Jesus' name. You said, Lord Jesus, we ask anything in your name, you will do it. So we know that it's done now, and we give you praise and glory for it. In the name of Jesus, things are going to be different in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you mind if I pray for you too? Hallelujah. My wife, would you come? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Usher, see if you could get behind. And um, Riley, will you come too, please? Megan, will you come too, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just stretch your hands out here. It's an amazing thing to be a missionary. God puts grace on people to do different things. Hallelujah. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I lay my hand upon Aaron, Shane, right? Cammie. Hallelujah. I'm just asking you to increase the anointing upon their lives now. To increase the anointing upon their lives. As they step forth in obedience to you, things are going to be different. Their ability to flow with you will be greater. They will be anointed. And glory to God, they will have those accompanying signs and wonders. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. People who have seen you preach before will say, what's the difference? Glory to God, you're going to be saying, hey, it's Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brazil won't be the same in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise and we give you glory for it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. So be it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hannah, I don't know you, but will you come up and let me pray with you for some? I just, the Lord just impressing upon me to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you for being bold and stepping out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands up. Receive this right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. He's going to become more real to you than ever before. He's going to be doing things in your life, through your life, the likes of which you haven't even imagined yet. 
because that's the kind of God that he is. The God who does exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we could ask or pray. I'm asking you, Lord, Lord, flood this woman of God with your glory, with your presence. And as she calls out to you, Lord, show up. Flutter, flutter with your presence. Thank you, Lord. For, for yes, 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 yes. An anointing, an anointing on her life to declare Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just go get them for Jesus. Do not hold back. God wants to do things through your life. Amen. And you are always welcome here. Hopefully you'll come back throughout the summer. You are welcome to be here. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I know I could have cut it short, cut it down, and shut down, and I, I didn't have to read that story, but I, I, those things rock my world. See, I, when I read stuff like that, I, I don't read it just from the perspective of, oh, that's nice. That's really cool. Whoa. I read it from the perspective of, if God had did it then, that same God who did it then is the same God who will do it today. And who will do it tomorrow. He is the great I am, not the great I was. Amen. He's the healer. I said, he's the healer. Oh, man. I, I, I'm believing God for a holy boldness on this church. To proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And that he would stretch forth his hand to heal in the name of his holy servant, Jesus. That's what I believe for in this church. For you. Look for opportunities. Look for... Be sensitive. Make sure, declare from your heart, my heart is ever sensitive to the Spirit of God. Flow with Him. This woman, I mean, she'll tell me stories about things that happened here at the Buzz. And she just, I mean, it's amazing how God has been using her to minister to the folks that come in this place. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm not trying to put you on a pedestal. I'm not. She's my wife. But at the same time, man, she's such an encouragement to me. She's bold about her faith. I don't think I've ever known someone who can listen like she can listen to. And you're just getting started too. There's a greater anointing coming on your life. Greater than what you could ever imagine. You have a women's ministry. A ministry that's going to just go beyond any four walls. It's going to be big. And you're going to be touching people for Jesus. All those times, those hours you've been spending with Him. That intimacy with Him... It's not only giving you greater vision, but it's giving you greater empowerment. And glory to God, as you keep tapping into that power with your faith, that faith is what ignites that power. And you wait and see the miracles and signs and wonders that are going to be happening through your life. Again, it's not about us. It's all about Him. I mean, I humble myself under His mighty hand. I'm nothing without Jesus, but I expect to flow with Him. And I expect to do his works. You want to know why? Because I belong to him. Because I'm a Christian. Because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And because I've got his power in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I trust you're getting this. Come, ex come back next Sunday. Hallelujah. Come Wednesday night. We have a Bible study. And, and, and that one's phenomenal Bible study. Oh, what's the name of it again? I <laughs> forget the name of it. It's a great one. Pursuit of his presence or something along those lines. But uh, um, God is wanting to do mighty work. 
step up to the plate and be that person. Say, God, here I am. I volunteer. Use me to touch people for Jesus. Amen. Father, I just pray a special blessing upon these people now. I know we stayed a little bit late, Lord, but I know that we are here for a reason, for such a time as this. I believe for an anointing upon these people, the likes of which they've never experienced before. Lead them, guide them, give them opportunities to share Jesus with others. I thank you, Father, for this happening now. And keep the people safe as they go now. Keep them safe throughout the week. Bring them back safely next week. We give you praise and glory for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you. You guys are dismissed. We love you much. Thank you for all you newcomers.